Good morning. Today is Wednesday, July 15, 2020. This week's Torah portion is the double parsha of Matos Masai. With this Shabbos, we complete the fourth book of the Torah, the book of Amidbar. And the opening passage of the parsha is a passage about oaths and promises. By Dabir Moshe El Rashi Hamatos Moshe speaks to the heads of each tribe, and he says, "This is the mitzvah that God has commanded." A person who makes uh, an oath or a promise using God's name, Lo Yachel Devaro, should not make his words whole. We'll translate that in a moment. According to the words of a person's mouth, they should act. A person should fulfill what they say. Okay, so the simplest meaning of this passage is keep your word. If you make a promise, you take an oath, make sure that you fulfill what you say you're going to fulfill. Keep your word. The problem in the text of the Torah is that the verse mentions two phrases. A person who makes an oath or a promise. So the second phrase is, Fulfill everything that you say you're going to do. So the first phrase, Don't make your words whole, must mean something else. Otherwise, the two phrases would simply be repetitive. So, Rashi says that the first phrase, lo yachel dvaro, don't make your words whole. Rashi says, lo yaseh dvaro chulin, don't make your words chulin. Now, it's not, it's not exactly so helpful because chol and chulin, they're the same word. So it appears that Rashi is just kind of restating what the Pasuk says. So the word chulin or chol has many meanings. You may recognize it and associate it automatically with certain meanings, but it has many meanings. But the Talmud understands this to mean empty. Don't make your words chulin, chol, empty without meaning. Because an oath is when we make a statement using God's name. And that's a very serious thing. We are extremely hesitant ever to make an oath. In fact, we have a general rule. The general rule is don't make an oath. Don't make promises. There is a section in Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, a quite long and uh, complex section, Laws of Promises and Oaths. And the first paragraph is don't make oaths. Don't don't swear oaths because we're so afraid that we might take God's name in vain to use God's name in an inappropriate way. And that is such a serious prohibition. It's uh, uh, better not to make an oath because maybe you'll promise to do something using God's name and you will not do it. And if you don't do it, then you have taken God's name in vain because you have not fulfilled what you said you were going to do in association with God's name. But the Talmud goes on to say 
that it is likewise prohibited to say something and to use God's name, even if it's true, but it's unnecessary. It's meaningless. That is also prohibited. So that's what the Talmud means to say, Lo dvaro chulin, lo yachel dvaro, don't make your words empty, meaning not only should you not swear an oath and not fulfill it, but you should also not swear an oath that is unnecessary. For example, if a person were to take an oath using God's name, which a person should never do, if a person were to do that and, and take an oath that uh, it's daytime, but actually it's nighttime, so that's false. So that would be a violation of this law that would be taking God's name in vain. What if a person were to make an oath when using God's name to say it's daytime when it is daytime? That is also prohibited because it's unnecessary. I mean, it's obvious to anybody who looks outside that it's daytime. So why are you using God's name to make a statement that is obvious and unnecessary? That also is a violation of lo yachel dvaro, don't make your words chulen, don't make them empty or meaningless. And that's a really important lesson that we so much need to remind ourselves. Words have value, words have meaning, words have impact, words have consequences. Don't speak false words, but also don't speak empty words. Our sages tell us that in almost any circumstance, silence is preferable. Imagine what the world would be like if, I don't know, 80% of all words were just silence instead. Uh, it would probably be a much better place. Okay, so that's the Talmud's understanding of this phrase. But I want to share with you a deeper meaning. And this comes from a sefer called Mishpatzei Shlomo. And he gives a deeper interpretation as follows. So the word chol or chulin, the word chol we may associate with mundane. Chol is weekday as opposed to Shabbos, which is holy. That's one usage of the term. But chulin, that which is mundane, is a contrast to kodesh, that which is sanctified. Or holy. For example, in the Talmud, we have many tractates in the Talmud, many misaktos. There are two tractates that cover very similar subject, um, ritual slaughter and the laws of kashrut. But one of the tractates is called Hulin. That's the main tractate from which we learn the laws of what it means to keep kosher. And there's another tractate called Zvachim. Zvachim is the same subject of how to prepare food and slaughter meat, but in relation to karbanos, to sacrifices. So we have two volumes with a similar subject matter, one dealing with mundane food and the other dealing with sanctified food. Karbanos, the sacrifices. And there is a primary fundamental rule that underlies both of these tractates. And that is, 
a carbon, a sacrifice, something that is sanctified and holy, may not be used for mundane purposes. It must be kept in the context of holiness. And what is mundane, what is uh, everyday, may not come into contact or be used together with anything connected with a carbon, with a sacrifice that is sanctified. They have to be kept separate. There's nothing wrong with hulin. Hulin is our normal life. The food that we eat every day is hulin. There's nothing wrong with that, and it has to be prepared correctly. But it must be kept separate from what is kadosh, what is holy. To take a carbon, which is holy, and to put it into a utensil, into a utensil that is mundane, that's prohibited. Likewise, to take something that is mundane and put it into a utensil reserved for a carbon, for that which is sanctified, is also prohibited. Lo yachel dvaro, according to Mishpatzet Shlomo, means don't allow your words to be chulin because the receptacle of your words, the utensil that holds your words, your mouth, you, yourself, you are a klishares, a utensil reserved for holiness. And therefore, a utensil reserved for holiness may not come into contact with that which is mundane or unsanctified. In other words, you, every one of us, is so holy, so connected to God, so connected to sanctity, that we should be incapable of contact with the mundane. The meaning of lo yachel dvaro is a statement about the grandeur of mankind, the grandeur and potential of men and women, that each of us is a klishares, a vessel for holiness, and we have to see ourselves as holy, and we need to see ourselves as connected with God, to God at all times. I'm sure many of you have heard of, know of, Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky, <clears throat> a great Torah scholar. For decades, he worked as a psychiatrist specializing in drug addiction. <clears throat> he wrote a fantastic book, many, many, many books, all of which are fantastic, but an especially fantastic book kind of an autobiography, but with stories. It's, it's really incredible, many lessons. It's called Generation to Generation. And he writes as follows. Perhaps the greatest single challenge facing parents is to raise their children with values, the knowledge of what's right and wrong, the desire to do what is right and avoid what is wrong, but at the same time, promoting self-esteem and self-confidence. Now, he says, 
That requires discipline. That means that the child has to be aware that certain things that the child has done or wants to do are unacceptable. But how do you do this without making a child feel guilty or ashamed or feel bad about themselves? So he writes that he learned this lesson from the way his father would rebuke him when he was a boy, when he, it's hard to imagine that he would do something needing rebuke, but okay, he was a boy. When he would do something that his father disapproved of when he was a little boy, his father would say to him, Espasnisht. Espasnisht is Yiddish. It means it's, 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 it's unbecoming for you. It's, it's not appropriate for you. Now, he writes that as a boy, he understood the message, but only years later did he appreciate the full depth of that message. And the depth of it is, espashnish means you're too good for that. This is the exact opposite of a put-down. There was no mention that what he was doing was wrong or bad, but rather the emphasis was on him, was on the child. You are above such behavior. And then he writes, <clears throat> with decades of professional expertise and experience in treating drug addiction, he writes, Today I sit in my office and a young man or woman of 16 or 17 is brought in for treatment for drug abuse. And almost always it turns out that they have been abusing drugs for several years. Tell me, I ask, what would you do if you were working in the kitchen and accumulate garbage? Where do you put the garbage? Invariably, there is a puzzled look in the garbage can. Where else? And then he says, so tell me, my child, how is it that you have been putting all of this drug garbage into yourself. It has never yet failed, he writes. The tears well up and these lovely children tell me that they had never felt good about themselves. Essentially, they saw nothing inappropriate in putting garbage into themselves. The lesson of Mishpitzei Shlomo is don't say something false or empty because you are holy. You are capable of excellence and grandeur. You are above misusing words. That's the deepest meaning of lo yachel dvaro. Don't allow that which is mundane and empty and meaningless to come into contact with the holiness and the sanctity that you inherently have. My friends, have a wonderful day 
and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.